There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a show dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'm an author of two award-winning books and a career coach and a recruiter. And today, I have the distinct honor and pleasure of talking with someone I highly respect. I say that because I have sent so many candidates to this person to have them have their resume professionally done. And as a consequence of that action, I place these people. So without further ado, let me introduce Donna Wallingsford with Best Sourced Writing. Hi, Marianne. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. It's such an honor to work with you. I really look forward to talking with you and helping your clients with their resumes. Donna, thank you so much. It's always uh, such a pleasure for me to send these people that these challenging times so many of these people, as you know, have really had some real big roadblocks as far as getting their resume reviewed and accepted by prospective clients. And it seems, Donna, when I send them to you and you do the resume, it just makes all the difference. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into what you're doing. But uh, do you have a journalism background? What is it? Yes, I do. I have a Bachelor of Journalism, and it was a double concentration in English, so I'm very up on writing. I write in just all kinds of different areas, but I seem to specialize in resumes. It seemed to come to me naturally, and I started helping a few people, and they had success, so I felt like that was really my calling, so it branched out into a business of its own. Well, that's wonderful. How long have you been doing this, Donna? I have been writing resumes for about 15 years. I've generally focused in the Houston area, but I also work with candidates in both East Coast, West Coast, and even some international clients. Well, that's wonderful. Well, as a veteran recruiter of over 30 years, things are a lot different, you know, now in this post-COVID or, uh, you know, I don't even know if I should call it post-COVID anymore <laughs> in this new work world, but the resume is a critical step in the process. And tell us about your approach. I mean, I've worked with some other resume writers in the past, and uh, they don't quite do it the way you do, or more importantly, get the results you do. So so tell us what kind of an approach you have for these candidates. Uh, yes, Marianne. When I get a client, I generally do a little bit of research myself in that industry to find out what are the key factors? What are employers looking for? And then I spend about an hour with each candidate to interview them in depth to get the information that I feel like will present them in the best light. I think sometimes people just kind of skim over things and forget things. So by me interviewing them, they remember those things and it refreshes their minds when they get into an interview then. Well, I think that's exactly right. And I've had candidates, Donna, after you spent that time on the phone with them and, and talking with them and coaching them, you know, they call me and they say, you know, Marianne, Donna brought up some things that I've done that I didn't even remember to put on my resume. And it, it's so good she spent that time with me because 
this job that I'm going to apply for has those requirements in there. And if Donna hadn't really gone through my background the way she did with a fine tooth comb, I might have not remembered that to put it on that resume. And, and consequently, if I would have submitted it, I might have not gotten chosen. So, you know, I think what you do goes above and beyond what a lot of resume writers do, Donna, because a lot of them just use a template. You know, they get their resume, they use a template, and they don't spend the time on the phone to really coach the candidate. And I think the other thing is, too, when you do that, they go into the interview and they're a lot more relaxed, don't you think? Yes, I think they are. They have more confidence in their own abilities. A lot of people do their job so routinely that they don't realize the accomplishments they've had at that position and how much they've really contributed. But by us going over that and when they get into another interview, they have something to offer to the potential employer. They have ideas and fresh you know, ideas that maybe the other person didn't know or hadn't thought about. No, I think that's exactly right. And I think the other nice thing about working with you, Donna, that I really enjoy is, you know, I'm a recruiter that works with all kinds of people. I'll place an accounting clerk and I'll place the chairman of the board. And I think that what I found with you is that you can work across section of candidates. Tell us about that. Yes, I have really worked from entry level, even students trying to get into college. I've worked with those type of individuals and up to the CEO and as well as the veterans. I've worked with quite a few veterans transitioning, you know, into the civilian workforce. And so I feel like every person that comes into my office, I treat them special and I want to know what it is that they have to offer so that I can present it on paper for them. Well, I think you do a wonderful job. And I think you brought up a good point talking about the veterans and how you work with them and you help them go from military to corporate America. So you have an ability to work with someone when they have to transition into another area. And I know right now in certain industries that are are somewhat in decline, that's a real skill. It's a powerful one because if someone can go to you and you can help them present that resume in a way that's untrue, of course, but also to present transferable skills I think that makes them a more marketable commodity, don't you? Yes, it does. Everyone has transferable skills. They just have to realize what those are. And I can certainly help them find those skills and position them in a place where they can get another job, maybe in another field, if they need to transition. Well, I think that's wonderful. And In Houston, anyway, we have five major market segments. We have, of course, oil and gas. We have legal. We have real estate and construction. We have financial, we have service, we have medical. And so I think that the ability you have to work among all those different industry cross-sections, I think, is good. And and do you have any particular type of candidate lately that is really coming to you that needs your help in in writing a resume? Or do you see all just all different cross-sections? I do see a broad cross-section, but I also see people that are a little frustrated because they go into a, looking for a job and they're overqualified or they're told they're overqualified. And that does get frustrating. But, you know, you have to just keep on kind of plugging away to look for that job that you want and need because you have to be satisfied with what you're doing. And there are jobs out there, but you just have to present yourself in the right way and get that interview. That's the first step is to move on to find another job. Well, I think you're right. And I think right now what I'm hearing anyway, 
from a lot of my HR people I work with, my recruiting people, is that there's algorithms and there's keywords. And if the resume isn't presented with the right keywords, then oftentimes it doesn't get selected. So do you keep that in mind, Donna, about those keywords and when you're doing the resume? Yes, you're correct, Mary Ann. That's very important. Some of the keywords, and they're different in every industry, some overlap, but that's why I do a little research. I find out, you know, what kind of skills are people looking for in, in their particular industry, in their particular positions. And it's important if you have those to present them in a way that if there is an applicant tracking system, it will pick up those words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's just so important right now. The other thing that I've heard from candidates asking me about is, uh, unfortunately, as you know, a lot of candidates were laid off during COVID. And so in some cases, there's a big gap on the resume. Or maybe they had a sick parent or they had to go and help an elderly grandparent. They asked me, Donna, Marianne, how should I present this on the resume? Should I leave it blank and have a big gap there? Or should I put something on there? What do you suggest they do, Donna? Well, I think every person is unique. There are some industries where you do have gaps because you're mostly working on contract work. But if there is a gap that you feel like you need to explain, there's ways to write it professionally, just a little notation. Or even in your cover letter, you can put something about that. But the main thing is to be honest and to just face it, you know, head on. In this economy, I think a lot of people are used to seeing a few gaps. But like you say, honesty is very important on the resume. And that puts you in the right forefront when you're talking with an employer. I think so. I think so. The other thing that I think is so great about the way you do a resume is the way you format it. And, you know, I've always been told, and it's even more important now, that a person obviously reads a resume from the top to the bottom. But the important information needs to go at the top. And for example, I had a candidate the other day that came to me that had worked in a family landscaping business for the last three years. But seven years before that, he worked in in pipeline service and sales. But at the very bottom of the resume, Donna, he had gone to Stanford. And I said, you know, since you want to go back into the pipeline service, why don't you put that Stanford degree information at the top and then, you know, outline your landscaping and then maybe expand a bit on your pipeline service experience because that's really the kind of job you want going forward. So do you think I advised him in the correct manner, Donna? Yes, you're very right. There are some industries where a degree or a certification is really a deciding factor, and it's important to get that information at the top. And even if you did take a side job, say, while you're looking for another one in your career, you need to list it on the resume, but you don't need to devote as much attention to that. You need to devote more attention to the industry you want to be in, where you had the most success. And you're very right. You want to get more information about the pertinent things that people want to know in the career you're looking for. Okay. The other thing, too, I've had candidates ask me is that during this COVID time, and a lot of people that were laid off have taken online classes. And cloud application right now is real important. And a lot of other software programs are more utilized now maybe than before COVID. And they asked me, even they don't have they don't have their certificate yet, how should they present that on the resume? And what I tell them to do is put, you know, if they're going to college to get a degree, for example, I'll put expected graduation and then put the date 
or if they're taking a cloud class or some kind of a computer class, I'll tell them to say on the resume, currently enrolled in. I mean, is that the right thing to present, the way to do it? Am I telling them the right thing? Yes. If you are pursuing a college degree or certification, or you're even taking professional development courses, it's important to put those on there. And if it's something that will result in a certification, then yes, put the date that is expected. That's nothing wrong with that. And it shows also that you're a lifetime learner. You're out there. You're not in a rut. You're out there trying to better yourself and be a more viable candidate. Well, I agree. The other thing, too, that I think is good to put on the resume is volunteer work. And I'll tell you why. I've had candidates put that they volunteered maybe in a nursing home or they volunteered somewhere. And I've had clients call me, Donna, and say, you know, Marianne, I interviewed this person and I kind of like that volunteer. Or even the other one, the big one that people love is to see a person who's an Eagle Scout. My sweet husband was an Eagle Scout. But anyway, I think those kinds of things show that you're out there, you're going the extra mile, you're trying to help others. And I think that information of that nature, especially now, is a positive. Do you agree? Yes. We always ask for volunteer work because sometimes it shows that you're interested in other things other than yourself. And if you're involved in your community, that means you're invested in your community. You want a job where you're going to be able to help other people also, you know, so you're going to stay around. So that's important. It also shows you have an interest. Maybe it's in a certain area. You never know your potential employer may be on that board. You don't know. That's exactly right. The other thing I've heard is that the GPA, the grade point average, should not be put on the resume unless it's 3.0 or above. Do you agree with that? I really have to say yes. Unfortunately, if you've been out of college more than, say, five years, I don't even put a GPA. But if you have been, say, you're just within two or three years of out of college and you have had an outstanding GPA, I would put it on there, but not if it's under 3.0. Even some places say 3.25. But if they need a transcript, they'll get one. If they don't need one, the GPA is not going to be a deciding factor once you're out in the workforce. I agree. I agree. I think for people that are these green grads, especially, don't have a lot of work experience. If it is 3.0 or above, it's probably not a bad idea to put it on there. And if they have any internships, what about internships? Do you recommend that people put those on there too? If you know they're just a recent college graduate, don't have a lot of experience, do those internships experiences serve them well? Yes, especially if they're just out of college to put an internship, even if it was a non-paid internship, which a lot of times it is. But once you've reached a certain point in your career, you don't need to put those on there. Once you've had five or so years in your field, then you drop things off at the bottom of your resume. You still want to have your degree. And sometimes you keep your alumni associations because there's a connection to other people. The more further you get out of college, the less you have to say about yourself when you were in college. No, I agree with that. The other thing, too, is the length of the resume. So many times lately you hear people say that the resume should only be one page. I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, on the other hand, when I get a resume that's four or five pages, to me, that's a red flag. If it's got to be that big, I really wonder about that. But I think a two-page resume, I don't think a three-page, but I think a two-page resume 
is okay still. Do you agree, Dong? Yes. If you try to have, you know, 10, 15 years of experience and you've had a lot of accomplishments or different activities, projects you've been involved in, you're going to need two pages. You're right. Three pages gets a little bit excessive because they're not going to read that much. But the two page, one page is really kind of hard, even sometimes for college graduates, because they're trying to present things, you know, that happened in college on their resumes. But two pages is not really exorbitant, I don't think. What about references? I mean, I'm, I'm always on the fence about having reference names on the resume. What do you think about that? That's really not a good idea to put them on the resume proper. We do suggest having them ready, you know, to present to it maybe as a sheet when you're in an interview, because if you're putting it on the resume, that could be going to hundreds of people. You're divulging maybe private information that doesn't need to be out there. But when you're in a serious job interview or even an offer, you definitely will have to have those references. And it's best to have those prepared ahead of time. No, I agree. I agree. But I agree with you, too. I don't think that the names and the phone numbers should be on the resume. I think that should be a separate document that maybe you hand to them at the end. Or if, in fact, they're interested, then you can send it later. I always encourage them after the interview to write a thank you note. Now, I know there's been a lot of schools of thought about that. But I think right now with COVID, I think a person can send a thank you note online, don't you think, Donna, instead of mailing it? You certainly can. A lot of times it's maybe a little bit of a surprise if they get a handwritten note, <laughs> but it does set you above other candidates if they get a handwritten note from you. But it's not improper to thank them by email. Like you say, with COVID especially, people are not in their offices as much maybe as they have been in the past, but it is polite to send a thank you note. I always recommend that. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that if somebody, they come to me, they'll come to me on a, on a Thursday or on a Wednesday and say, Marianne, I have an interview on Friday. I need a resume. Can you do it right away? I always tell them, I need it at least, you know, I mean, I don't really do resumes. I send them to you, but I tell them that they need to give at least a week. I mean, what is your turnaround time, pretty much average? Well, the average from the time that I have actually interviewed the person, I usually give them say, anywhere from three to five business days. A two-day turnaround is very quick, and it really doesn't give me time to formulate my ideas and to get everything that I feel like is important in the resume. And I can sometimes give them a two-day turnaround, but there is an extra brush fee for that to get it done in two days. I'm seeing people do more planning, I think, lately, where than maybe before pre-COVID that they're preparing to get these resumes done ahead of time. I'm hoping they do. I mean, I think sometimes they have to experience a lot of rejection and a lot of turned away resumes before they decide to go to a professional resume writer. But um, as I said, I've been doing this job over 30 years and I cannot stress enough, especially now, how important a professional resume is to getting that first appointment. And I'm just so thrilled that I know about you and I'm happy to have you on this show. I know you're so busy right now, but it's great that you took the time. So tell the people out there, Donna, if they want to get a hold of you, how they can do that. Sure. I did want to also mention one other thing about LinkedIn. They do need to keep their LinkedIn up to date and I can help them with that as well. All of my services are, you know, 
based on what the person needs. And I work with everybody as to what they need in the time frame that they need it in. So if they want to give me a call, it is 832-718-9836. And I would be glad to help with them. Okay. Well, I think that you made a very good point about the LinkedIn. Let's just go back to that for a few minutes because I just had a situation the other day where I had a candidate that didn't have his most recent job on LinkedIn and the resume was different than his LinkedIn profile. He had not updated his LinkedIn profile and the client called me, Donna, and said, you know, Marianne, we have this guy scheduled for 10 o'clock on Tuesday, but I got to tell you, I'm concerned about something. And I said, what's that? And she said, the dates that you sent me, you know, the resume on the date you sent me are not the same as what it says on LinkedIn. And so I went and looked. And I think more and more people are doing that, don't you? So I think that LinkedIn really should be up to date as well. Yes, yourself as a recruiter, you know what a tool that can be. And like we were saying, it needs to be correct. And it needs to be up to date as well as written as professionally as your resume is. So Donna can not only do the resume, <laughs> For candidates, she can also do a very professional LinkedIn profile. And I'm saying, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. That is very, very important right now to make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date and professional as well. So you can get a hold of Donna by the phone number she gave. Her company's called Best Source Writing. Or you can always go to my website, fairmouth.com. It's F A R E M O U T H.com. And always send me a note, and I can certainly get Donna's information to you. But in closing here, I will say, if I had to summarize three points that, as a recruiter, I would like people to know that are important for the resume, I would say they are these. Number one, make sure the resume reflects information that's honest and true. Number two, make sure it's error-free. Because I cannot tell you how many candidates I've sent. And once in a while, I'll miss an error on a resume. And because of that error on the resume, the client will say, you know, I'm not going to see this person because there's misspellings on here. And that shows lack of attention to detail. So make sure that resume doesn't have any spelling errors. And the third one is, I think, make sure that it's presented and formatted in a way that presents your skill set in an honest way, but also is very professional. So you are being the pro. I'm just a recruiter, Donna. <laughs> what would the three points be that you would that you would suggest are important? I think you're exactly right, Marianne. Honesty, of course, is the number one for me. You have to be honest. If you get a job and you haven't been honest on your resume, your application, then you're starting in the negative right there. You want to be on the right foot when you get a job. And the other thing is, like you say, accuracy is very important, especially your phone number. You'd be surprised how many people transpose numbers. So check that very carefully. And attention to detail is really important in any job you're in. And the other part is, yes, put the most pertinent information at the top, the things that people need to know in your industry. And that way you're hitting it right at the ground level. They see it and they're ready to call you in for that interview. I think that's wonderful advice. Again, I can't thank you enough, Donna, for being on the Career Can Do podcast today. I feel so proud and happy to have you on here because I know firsthand how your work 
gets results. And I'm just so grateful to know of you and about you that I can refer you. And I'm glad to put you on my show so that other people can know of you too. So again, Donna Wallingsford, best source writing, your source for resume writing, as well as your LinkedIn profile. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. This is Career Can Do, and uh, we thank you for being with us today. Thanks again, Donna. Thank you so much, Marianne.